Thank you for tuning in to our podcast recorded live each week. Now sit back and enjoy the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Tighten your life vests, strap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Good morning, Chattanooga area. I'm back in the saddle. Welcome back, Tony. Back in the saddle again. It's weird when you get so used to doing something, you miss it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Although I did listen last week. You did a great job. Thank you, sir. With uh, Southern Pine Guide Service. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse and... Um, they were your guests. Come oh, uh, Jared. Jesse and Jared. <laughs> I knew. I was going to... Oh, you were testing there. me this early in the morning. All right. Yeah. Okay. I uh, had a, had a sure. great... Had a had a great show with those guys. They are, they're a great couple. They really are. Oh yeah, they are. They're awesome. Her with her stories of, of uh, the national forests or state forests, state forests, state forests, and uh, and of course Jared with his guiding and her guiding fishing and so yeah, great couple. Oh yeah, they're they're really nice and uh, so good to have young people getting into the outdoors. I mean. You know, she's just starting her career in the outdoors, and you know, Captain, he just got his captain's license, and he's starting his new business. So it's it's good to see him get going in the outdoors. But are, did are you have a good time in are Florida? You, are you saying we're not young? Yeah, I'll say we're not young. Yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. Let me rephrase it. I will speak for myself. You're not young. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. It's early. I'm having to get back up to speed here, but yeah, I, I think that was still telling me I was old. Yep, pretty much. Okay, welcome back. How was Florida? It was, uh, it was busy. I'm sure. Um, first time I've been in a long time that I didn't go fishing. Uh, but we did not. It was hot. Yeah, it was hot here too. I think. It, I don't know if it was cooler down there with the sea breeze or not, but it has been awful warm here in Chattanooga. Uh, I, well, on the, on the deck of the condo, it was nice. The breeze coming off the ocean was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, it was crowded. I ate well though. Yes. I, I was totally jealous. I got a, a picture on my phone of what was it? Seafood stuffed redfish. That, that was, that was blackened redfish and, um, and a, um, some kind of seafood stuffing yes. oh it looks so good you know what it was <laughs> <laughs> well i'm glad you enjoyed it then uh it was it was phenomenal uh but now the most of the food we had down there was good mm-hmm. uh crowds were horrible fourth of july absolutely the busiest weekend there is in florida in destin anyway i can believe it uh but I, why <laughs> why go to florida when it's the hottest hottest day hottest week of the, the year we i have no idea that's why you know when i my wedding anniversary is coming up it's the 15th and when my wife and i got married i knew it would be hot in july and it would be excessively warm wherever we went so i decided and you know i told her i said hey we're gonna go someplace cool 
nice and cool for our vacation. So I was thinking, you know, Alaska, something like that. And I said, I'm putting my foot down. We're going someplace cool. Well, we had a lovely time in the Bahamas. And uh, <laughs> I think that pretty much says it right there. Yeah, I, we went even further south towards the equator during a, the hottest part of the year. Yeah, makes logic sense to me. During Yeah, we were there between, ironically, we were there, we were in the Bahamas, but a hurricane hit the place where we were staying. We came in the, like two days later. We le- The day we left, we were one of the last planes out because another hurricane was coming in. We were there between hurricanes. Mm. So, Well, good for you. Mm-hmm. Kind of describes your marriage in a nutshell. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> yep, fighting between hurricanes. Yeah. <laughs> well, she... She's put up with me for it'll be twenty four years this year, so Yeah. God bless her. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've struggled with just a few years I've put up with you. Yeah. That's true. It's, only, it's only two hours a week. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. You're getting me back for that old man call, aren't I you? Am. All I right, am. fair enough. There, you go. there we go. Um now it was you know, the the one the couple things that are kind of interesting though, uh, to me. Uh I did get a hoot out of watching Hunter watching a storm kind of come in off the ocean for the first time. Mm-hmm. That was pretty fun to watch. He was, he was, he was a little unsure of himself, especially since we were up so high in the in the condo world, and watching this storm come off the ocean right at us. Uh, and it was really interesting because he could see the people running on the beach, uh, and then of course it was dry where we were at. So it was fun. I've I've enjoyed the heck, and and I I guess I missed this or don't remember it when my kids were growing up, but it, I'm enjoying the heck out of watching him learn you know at eight years old and his fascination with it yeah yeah it's so it, it's been fun it's fun to watch but it was uh actually they only got rained on once i think yeah the like friday night i guess hmm. uh big storm came through and then it was nice and normal again but hot but hot so. well i mean it, like you said it's florida in july so um. The um. What I was going to say now. Oh. They're they're messing with us. Yeah, they are. I'm going to. Our producer's messing with us. So yeah. Does Does he know that I'm armed? Probably not. And got a short trigger. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> He's not fearful. Nah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. So uh, what else has been happening around here? What's happening? You've been fishing. I have been fishing. I went and got a uh, Georgia license and um, spent the extra $5 and got the hard card, so I'll, so I'll have it. Um, and it's uh, Georgia is calendar year to calendar year. And I had a long... Whoa, 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 what? Or Georgia is, I'm sorry, date of purchase the to date of yeah, purchase. There we go. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought they'd changed. I was kind of excited. No, 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 no. no date, the biggest complaint. I date of purchase, one calendar year. So if you buy it... May 1st is good to the following May 1st. Right. I, I got the trout stamp, the free saltwater stamp, so, and uh, something else on there I forgot. But anyway, I uh, got my Georgia license and went down and did some fishing. But on our way down, I was explaining how the uh, licensing breaks down to a Georgian who says Tennessee is expensive, and I explained the funding formula for TWRA versus well, um, other states. What's it down, is Tennessee's out-of-state is expensive? Yes. Really not. That's what I said, and, I, and the reason I said it wasn't expensive, I said, you know, I explained the funding formula that 
Tennessee doesn't really get any money from the state. It's all user fee generated. Right. And made a few other comments, and he said, oh, okay, I can understand that. Well, And I was, and, I was and, referencing to the fact that when you compare the license to the states around us mm-hmm. from an out-of-state perspective, not a lot of difference. Uh, no, my, there is some, but not a lot. With my annual Georgia and trout stamp, it was plus the $5 card. It was, I think, 80 bucks. Okay. So the card, so it's 75 if you don't get the card. Um, you know, but it's good for a year, and I know the money goes to help the state of Georgia with their wildlife operations, so I have no problem donating a little bit to the DNR, even though I'm not going to be using it every day like my Tennessee license. But, yeah, I went down and did some fishing, and we were in a very a wildlife management area down there, and we were fishing a small creek, and my friend had asked me, come down because he had been catching this species of fish he couldn't identify. And he says, I need you to come down and tell me what it is. I said, okay. You know, I thought, you know, I didn't know what we were after. Caught some uh, bluegill, red-breast sunfish, caught some creek chubs, caught some long-eared sunfish, caught some green sunfish. And then we caught the quote-unquote mystery fish, which turned out to be a red-eye bass or a kusa bass. But now you said the first one you caught, you couldn't tell it because it was just too, too small. It was too small. It was the first one. The first one, he got the first one, and it, it was so small I couldn't make any identification marks off of it because it was literally like maybe four inches long. But I got one that was fairly decent, got a good look at it, and could identify it uh, counting the number of spines and, and looking at other characteristics that make up the red-eye bass different than the small mouth and, and such. So. So why is it so rare to see those around here? It's, it's rare to see them because they're not really in in big waterways. They're not in the bigger rivers, really. Um, they're in smaller creeks, smaller streams. You don't see them in impoundments. Uh, they're kind of like the mountain bass. Uh, if you think of, you don't see brook trout everywhere. You only see them up in the mountains. They're kind of the brook trout of the bass species. Um, their range is very limited. They have specific flow requirements, and uh, their range is, we were on the northern end of their range, and that's why you don't really, you don't see them really around here much. I mean, you may see them in the middle Tennessee on the southern Alabama border, but that's like really getting out of their range. But they're fun to catch, and most people don't bother with them because they don't get very big. But they're absolutely gorgeous. Their coloration is is really unique to that fish and the red color of the eye and the silver edging on the eye you know really stands out when you look at that species but i think the main reason is they're small and nobody wades creeks to go fish them everybody goes to the big impoundments and lakes and reservoirs and so you don't see a lot of them on facebook because everybody's catching largemouth smallmouth and you're catching bait pretty much yeah but that makes, I bel- well, I've caught a, I've caught uh, red eye bass before. I've also caught uh, shoal bass. I've caught largemouth bass, smallmouth bass, and Guadalupe bass. So I've caught all the species of black bass. Is that another tarp? No, because Guadalupe bass only exist in Texas. So no, they're not going to give me one for that. Oh, okay. Not in Tennessee, anyway. No, Tennessee will not recognize my Texas fish. Now you did say Georgia. Georgia has, has a tarp a program. Pro- Georgia has a tarp program. I looked it up, and they have a tarp program. 
it is it is open and you are eligible if you are a out of state Georgia license holder. So all I have to do is start catching some trophy fish down there and get a garp. I don't <laughs> get a garp from uh, Georgia. I'm calling it a garp. I don't the Georgia Angler Recognition Program garp. That's at least it's not Connecticut, because then it'd be carp. I'm just saying. <laughs> if it's Alabama, it's an ARP. ARP, yeah. Pauses for laughter. Yeah. <laughs> you know. What would Utah be? ARP. <laughs> Who rattled his cage? I don't know. Hey, button monkey, we'll let you know when we want you to talk. <laughs> You guys have prolonged this joke <laughs> so much, though. Everybody's a critic. Yep. Uh, we'll let him criticize. All right. Uh, what it was not, though, was a 232-pound carp out of Thailand. No, it was not. Hey, could you imagine catching a fish that big? No. What were you, well, I mean, what was the fish, dude fishing for? He was fishing for those. In Thailand, these are trophy fish. Uh, a British man uh, reeled in a 232-pound carp in Thailand. Now, this is a Siamese carp. This is a species that is not in the United States. These are not the Asian carp, the jumping Asian carp, okay? Um, <laughs> he reeled in this fish, and I'm looking at the picture right now, and there's three people holding the thing, and that thing is huge. Yeah, it is. That's, I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. Uh, I that. What was I mean? I guess did he have? I guess he had to have some kind of big tackle, right? Yeah, they use they use almost saltwater tackle, okay. and, and they fish these ponds that these big carp live in. Now, technically, these carp are more related to they are carp, but they're more related to the barb species of fish. And he had to hang on to this for an hour and twenty minutes, and he said it was really nerve wracking. The fish was caught and released, and this guy said. You know, this huge fish back in the water. Got a picture of it, and they always release them over there because those fish are very prized. So, Are they tasty like uh, Asian carp? I, I don't know. I did do some. Because that would feed a village. Oh, gosh, yeah. I did do uh, research on it. It is known as Catalocarpio simonensis, which is totally different than our carp here. Now, our carp here are Superinus carpio, also known as sewer salmon, mud marlin, Dumpster dolphin, ghetto groupers, and septic steelheads. So whatever you want to call them. Did you make all those up? Yeah, I made a few of those oh. up. I always, I, I always call them sewer salmon. I mean, you know what? That's disgusting. Well, it makes the fish sound, but you say, oh, everybody's a carp. Here, have some sewer salmon. Ooh, that sounds better. <laughs> no, it doesn't. A septic steelhead. There you go. A ghetto grouper. No. Want some dumpster dolphin? Let's go to a break. Good Lord, let me save this thing. Mud marlin. Pond pig. <laughs> they turn his, turn they... his mic off. Turn his mic off. <laughs> Tony Sanders Outdoors. I'll try to be back. I don't know if Rob will be joining me. <laughs> See you in a moment. If you need any outdoor supplies, there's only one place to go, Sportsman's Warehouse. They have all the equipment you need, as well as a friendly, knowledgeable staff to assist you. 
If you want a firearm, then check out the thousands of guns they have on the shelf. You don't see one you want? Go to sportsmanswarehouse.com. Choose from over 6,700 models they have, and they will ship it directly to the store. Everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors, Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Sportsman's Warehouse is a perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a 1,000 guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Attention landscapers and lawn care specialists. Your customers want a green, healthy lawn, right? Are the products you're using getting the job done? Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland specializes in customized fertilizer blends that will have your customers' lawns looking like a golf course fairway. The pros at Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland are the experts in lawn care. So when you choose Beatty Fertilizer products, your customers and your competition will take notice. Guaranteed. Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, or online at BeattyFertilizer.com. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors hanging with you this Saturday morning. Got so many different things I want to talk about. I don't know where I want to go. There's only really one thing I want to cover. Okay. I don't know if you want to do some wild outdoors this early or you want to save that one. Let's save that one. Okay. All right. So. Uh, I, I ventured into the world of, of selling some firearms. Okay. At uh, on Compass, our, our our sponsor, fine sponsor. You just read the, the story about. First time I had done that. Uh, it turned out extremely well. Was it easy to do? It was beyond easy to do. Uh, you go in and you take the guns in. Uh, they accept them. They give you a receipt form. Then they turn around and. Um, they do a, a check to make sure the guns are not illegal. They've had, uh, they said they've only had one, they've had three that have got have checked. Two of them were an error on the system part, and one of them was truly a stolen gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy that had it, had it legally, he thought, uh, but whoever had sold it to him had stolen it. And it is now in the custody of the Seneca Police Department. But um, it was it was very simple. I took in three different guns. I took in a, um, a hunting rifle, a Browning A-Bolt, and 300 Win Mag. Uh, I took in a pistol, a Dirty Harry Model 629 44 Magnum. And I took in a, what I... Uh, it's called it's a called a double tap, which is a um, protection gun, but it's a it's a kind of a highly engineered Derringer. 
Okay. And they all sold um, for about what I could have sold them for. Actually, the rifle sold for a little bit more than I thought I would get for it. Right. Uh, the uh, the other two were about what I expected, and I was very happy with the process. It was easy, and so they sold on Saturday, and my checks will arrive next week. That's easy. I'm serious. I was, I was, I was, I was, I was very happy with it. I, I, I really was, and I'd watched the prices, and the prices had been good. I mean, I'm not looking to, you know, rip you off, but I also don't want to, you know sell you my guns at a at a deep discount either and neither of those things happen well that's great i'm i'm strongly considering selling some equipment down there so right so so check it out compass auctions it was it was it was kind of kind it was it was all nerve-wracking to start with but it was part of that was a holiday week and it was a little slow but once it got going it, it took off very cool there you go hey we got a big banquet coming up next week that would be the Friends of the NRA. That would banquet. be this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got tickets, believe it or not, to sell, which is kind of unusual. Uh, if you're interested in coming, it's going to be uh, next Saturday night. Doors open at uh, 530, and it will be at the Weston Hotel. This is the Friends of NRA, Chenega, Friends of NRA, our 26th annual banquet here. 26 years, wow. 26 years. Love to have you come out there and, and participate with us. Uh, if you are interested, give me a call, 423-567-4801, 423-567-4801, and I will hook you up. So we'll talk about that a little bit more. I had an interesting call yesterday as a commissioner, and the guy was angry. Why am I not surprised? But go ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, was angry because of the access that he had to um, a wildlife management area. Okay. And so I listened to him. And it, it, I struggled with, you know, so I called the guy back, which I do. And it wasn't, it's not the access. He wants easier access. Ah. More convenient. Because I'm like, he, he said, he said I can't access it. I said, why? It's, anybody can access it any time. Well, the gate was closed. Oh, so you, you need to walk through there. <laughs> and so, so there's a difference. It's not access. It's access. Yeah. It's comfort access versus actual access. So, uh, and that's something that, that we have discussed quite a bit on the commission. The problem is, is people don't, um, people don't care. That seems really odd to me that, I mean, if you're given access and the gate's locked, as long as there's a, not a do not enter during such time period or there's a stay out sign, if it's a WMA, have at it. That land, you're paying for it with your licenses and stuff like that. Have at it. Now, if it requires you walking, tough it up, buttercup. No, I'm not saying that. Oh, I am. I don't. I don't know anything about the gentleman from the standpoint of what he can have access to, but the area he was talking about, I know, is pretty flat. Uh, but again, it's just you got to walk to get there, or get there by boat. 
and so it was, it was kind of inter- it was interesting talking to him, uh, and and that's something that we've looked at because I do think we can make it difficult to uh, to access our WMA sometimes. But the problem is 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 people don't care. People destroy them. Oh yeah. Uh, we've had uh, matter of fact this same WMA uh, a month and a half two months ago I had somebody call in and say that uh, people were out there mudding on the WMA and they had actually taken their vehicle and created a path around the gate and drove around the gate and got on the WMA and had done tremendous amount of damage. Oh, jeez. And that's the problem. In in talking to the manager of this WMA, he said it used to be open. And people just do what people do. Yeah, they abuse the resource or, you know, they're... Don't get me wrong. Get, if you want to go out and go mudding, that's great. You know, that's if that's your thing, wonderful. Just do it in designated places. And it, the thing I was, the thing I was so impressed with with when I was down in North Georgia, we ended up turning on this forest road to get, and we drove down it like twenty five minutes. We got there, and there was a little access to a pull off area, and there was some. Obviously, this is one of the places where people go. Somebody had left, a, like, five, six beer cans out there. Don't, don't, A, don't litter. But I, I looked at it, and I thought, hmm, man, I opened the door. My buddy Chris opens the door. We didn't even say anything to either one of us. We didn't plan it. We both start walking over there, picking up the beer cans, and threw them in the back of his truck to clean up the area. I mean, that's what true sportsmen do. They don't. Abuse the resource and and they don't, they leave it better well, than and they that found was probably it. not sportsmen that left the beer can. No, yeah. it probably wasn't. But it was probably just a bunch of kids out having a good time drinking some beer. Yeah. And the problem is, is that's the reason gates get closed. Mm-hmm. It's not complicated. No, I've seen accesses closed on the elk. There used to be an access that you could access. Uh, the gentleman, the landowner, said, you know, he let people park there, and there was an area, and he said, please park here. You know, there was kind of a sign that said, if you want to access river, here's access. People started trashing the area, and guess what? He closed his access. He did, and now that left a lot of less areas to access the river. And it's a tough river to get to. Exactly, and with that access closed, you know, people just really trashed his place. And so my friends and I, we always, I always do that. Grab if there's something on the ground that's not supposed to be there, I take it out with me. Sure, but I don't know. I I, I would hope other people would do that. And if if you know, make it a goal or something for for yourself. Take one piece of trash out. Well, I mean that's a, that's actually been a big campaign is to uh, uh, take out take out more than you take in. Oh yeah, uh, and but. It is what it is, and people people do that kind of stuff all the time, uh, which makes it a little bit difficult when uh, when people on other people, you know. And and the problem is, is we can't just count on it. You, it's it's everybody, right? So it is. But anyway, I'm gonna work on that. That's something I've been wanting to work on too. Is access? I just can't, well, yeah, I can't believe somebody w- drove around a gate, but oh gosh. That happens all the time. I know it. Um, yeah, all the time. All right, let's go pay a bill. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about someone that needs some shooting practice. <laughs> that's 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 probably the understatement of this show. <laughs> <laughs> 
right there. If you want to be part of the show, give us a call, 267-1023, Like a good neighbor is not just a saying. It exactly describes my friend Rodney Allen. For nearly 20 years, my family has relied on Rodney for all of our insurance needs. He's been there when my kids were learning to drive, when my wife had been hit by a few deer, and when I needed life insurance to protect my family, as well as when my grandson was born. As you can see, he's not just our agent. He's part of our life. Rodney Allen, 423-847-3881. Like a good friend, Rodney will be there for your family too. 423-847-3881. Attention landscapers and lawn care specialists. Your customers want a green, healthy lawn, right? Are the products you're using getting the job done? Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland specializes in customized fertilizer blends that will have your customers' lawns looking like a golf course fairway. The pros at Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland are the experts in lawn care. So when you choose Beatty Fertilizer products, your customers and your competition will take notice. Guaranteed. Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, or online at BeattyFertilizer.com. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors with you this Saturday morning. Please call in to be part of the show. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a twist and go a separate way for a second. Okay. No, no, no surprise, right? Curveball. No problem. Social media. Okay. I'm even going to let our producer weigh in on this since he is a young punk and uh, on social media. Punk yeah. is kind of a rude term, but okay, I'll take that. I'm sure he does the Tweety Box and the other stuff yeah what all right so what do you do taylor um, all right first of all how, how old are you i'm going to be 19 in august no really i'm going to be 19 in august. are you that young yes sir i'm 18 years old my life is in the hands of an 18 year old oh yes, my god yes sir oh. i've got shirts older than him seriously I, I, have, I have shirts older than me too <laughs> all right so <laughs> so you're a young fellow uh god, i had no idea that how old uh, well, you never asked. <laughs> I, I, I know, and I didn't expect that. So, so what social media do you use? Um, I use Instagram. Okay. I still use Facebook and uh, Snapchat are the three that I use most of the time. I do get on Twitter occasionally, but that's more work-related, I guess is what I would call it. Okay. Trying to kind of get, like, quick news to read on air and stuff like that. Gotcha. All right. You are uh, Facebook only? Yes. I haven't figured out the other ones yet. I can get behind that, though. I mean, Facebook has kind of stayed true to its roots, no matter how many times it's sold your information to other people, but it's stayed true to its roots nonetheless. Um, okay. So here's my question, and let's, let's leave it with Facebook. Um, do you unfriend people? Yes. Why do you unfriend them? Uh, normally, depending on what the kind of stuff they post or um, just what appears in my timeline and stuff. And most of the time, it's if it's a recurring instance. Not necessarily if it's just like a one-time thing because I'm like, okay, but like, we'll see. Um, but if it's a repeating okay. uh, circumstances, normally when I'll just go ahead and say, I-, I can't see this anymore and I'm done. Well, I was... And what prompted this this discussion, which people may be going, why do we care? Well, it's 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 a part of life, whether we like it or not. And and I use Facebook uh, a lot for the show, 
uh, probably more for the show now more than anything else, but I do use it. But I was I was reading uh, a kind of a post on one of the the groups that I'm in, and it basically was um, the question was how often do you refrain from saying what you want to say on Facebook, or do you? And it was interesting to me to see all the people say, "Oh no, I say it, and if you can't take it, get off Facebook." The problem I have with that, it's, it's my page, or, or, or you know what I'm saying? But anyway, there was this, it was really kind of interesting uh, how how empowered everybody felt like to be able to, you know, give me your opinion and say what you wanted or whatever, which I was, I was kind of interesting. But that was also right after I had deleted a friend because they made a comment. I had posted about the Friends of NRA banquet coming up, and their comment was, well, good. Maybe the NRA will go away. On my post, on my page, and and I kind of looked at that, and and this was at three o'clock this morning, and I kind of looked at that, and I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I deleted his comment, and then I deleted him. Well, on things like that, that's more of like a, honestly a personal attack because I uh, you are very, I guess. In, to, uh, in tune with right. the NRA, you know, right. and that's like something close to you and not right. close to me as well. But um, that was pointless. He didn't have to, he or she did not have to yeah. do that. So. Not to mention it was not an NRA post. It was a Friends of NRA post, which is completely separate. Exactly. And they don't know the difference either. That one shows their ignorance. <laughs> well, it, that yeah, I mean, that, true. It, was like, it was like the post. I had this same situation. I had just... Uh, uh, purchased the turkey hunt with Don Osi yep. and put on Facebook, heading out this morning, going for wild turkey, going to try and bag my first turkey. And a friend of mine, who I think has unfriended me because I haven't seen her a lot of her things, she's very anti-hunting and said, I hope you don't get one. I hope you don't even see one. I'm going to pray for the turkeys. Okay, fine. So be it. I didn't delete the comment. I left it up to let people see what a what a rude person this was, but what upset me more was this person has a doctorate of biology. If anybody should understand the need for animal management, it should be somebody who has a background in biology. I'm not going to weigh in on an economic issue. Why? I know nothing not your, about not, economics. Not your forte. Not my forte. If somebody asks, asks me a tax question, I'm going to say, I don't know, but I know who to call. If somebody asks me a fish question, yeah, I feel confident in asking that. But I'm not going to go onto somebody's page and, because I disagree with them personally, make a personal attack. That's just not my style. Exactly. And that kind of reminds me on and just really quick point is when they released the wolves into Yellowstone area yeah. up in Wyoming. Because, like, that was one they didn't let anybody hunt the wolves because wolves were being endangered and stuff like that. Well, now wolves are so overpopulated in that area, they were killing livestock as in horses, sheep, cattle, anything you can name, and they, whatever they got their hands on, they were killing it. And, like, you saw populations of everything go down, and now they've let hunters come in on predator hunts and go in after the wolves and stuff like that, and it's really regulated the predator-to-prey ratio there and has helped out tremendously. So, I mean, people don't realize the benefits hunters bring to, the, like you said, animal management when it comes to actually saving other people, other animals' 
species in a sense. Right, but a lot of people don't think out the logic. They just think that it's their feelings, not facts. And very close-minded boxes that they're... I don't agree in. with hunting, therefore all hunting is wrong. No hunting should go Precisely. on. Precisely. 100% agree with that statement. <laughs> you know uh, now, you know that I don't. Now, I know. You, you grew up in, in, in deer country. Indeed. Uh, uh, and, and actually your family runs a, a deer hunting area. Yes, sir. I, some of the worst I have seen are the sportsmen, uh, and I use that term somewhat loosely. Uh, a couple of there's a couple of great websites out there. One of them is Tennessee Deer Hunters, like fifty one thousand members. Wow! You post a picture out there, and it is brutal. <laughs> what people say, it's not big enough. It's why didn't you let it walk? It's too small. And just, I guess I really struggle with. Why is why is it your concern? And and see that's where I think it's it's kind of lost its roots is everybody has everybody thinks that their their opinion matters. And and I, I'm just I've gotten to the point where my tolerance is very low and of of stupid stuff. Oh me too. I'd I'd agree with that a hundred percent. rude is what what bothers me rude is what and and that's what yeah. i've noticed and and it's not just me because the administrators of these groups and i'm on a several outdoor groups uh wild butter hunters which is a very positive one unlike the deer hunters around here uh and i've seen even richard sims who is the administrator of chattanooga fishing forum uh online mm-hmm. uh, on facebook uh i've seen him say hey hey hey, hey whoa you know, back off. Yeah, and 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 I think that's the part that just drives me nuts is, is it's no longer, it's no longer free flowing ideas and 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 positive things. It is only, or it seems very only, uh, you know, just how can I tear down whatever it is you're 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 writing about or talking about. I think that goes back to Rob saying it's all about the feelings and everything like that. Like oh. everyone thinks they know better than the person standing right beside them, and I think that is what has destroyed what? the benefits well, of social so. media. But also, you got to stop and think. This is what I think a lot of times when I see a, a, a rude post. Would you say to that? Would you say that exact thing to that person? Oh, in person? No. Oh no! No way! No. Then don't say it. I'm going to use a better term, but I don't think a lot of people have the gonads to walk up and say the things they think that so empowers them on social media. And I'm like, please just come and talk to me in person. I would love to hear you argue with me right in person. Oh, yeah. Because honestly, they can't look you in the eyes and say half the stuff they say on air. Oh, no. Sorry, on online. Online. Yeah. On, yeah. online. You're you're on air. We're online. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> well, but it, it's funny. And, and one of my favorite things, I was trying to find it here real quick. There's a uh, picture of a deer. It's a, you've seen it, Rob. Uh, it looks like a, a, a patch from a, a game warden. Yeah. And it says uh, Facebook game warden or whatever. And, but it just, I, I get tickled. And I, I'll throw that out of there every once in a while, and I'm sure I get unfriended by a few people because of that because it's like I'm, I'm to the point. But the other thing that I found amazing, uh, simply amazing, is how many people are just ignorant. Somebody will post a picture of a snake, right? Right. What kind of snake is this? Oh, my God. It is like. We have 100,000 herpentologists who just made a comment. It's like it's so funny to watch these people. And, and there, was one, there was one yesterday 
showed a um, a Cooper's hawk mm-hmm. eating a blue jay uh, on the back of someone's deck, and somebody said, "What what kind of what kind of bird is this?" Legitimate question. Right. Well, the first person answered Cooper's hawk. All right, and then the next three or four people, there's a couple of some kind of hawk, and then yep, that's a Cooper's. But and, you know, so the first three or four people answered it right. There's 42 comments. Oh, I think it's a falcon. Nope. No, no. It's oh, a, no, it's got to be a falcon, you know. It's an eagle. And I'm like. What kind of eagle? It was. They didn't say bald eagle, for thank goodness. <laughs> but it's a like, brown eagle. It's like, uh, no, 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 that's not one. No, not an eagle. It's uh, a yellow-bellied thrasher. You know. Uh, I don't know. what an, an eagle would be about three times the size yeah. of Cooper's hawk. But that's okay. Uh, but it just is so funny, and, and and probably one of my biggest pet peeves, and then I'll get off of this talk, is read the comments above. If it's been answered 42 times, just don't say something wrong. Now, I will, admi- I will admit, I've been, I get tagged a lot uh, on several, of, several forums that I'm a part of, and especially by a lot of guys in the Chattanooga area. If they catch a a species of sunfish, because there are 40, they will say, hey, ask Rob what, or they'll tag me, Rob, what is this? And I will identify, you know, because that's my area of expertise. That's your passion. When it comes to ornithological birds, I know a lot of them, but if, like a Cooper's hawk and a, what are the, what's, there's one that's similar to the Cooper's hawk. There's a, like a, I don't even know, but I'm not up on birds or plants or rocks, or snake. I know what, well, I know snakes, but fish, I got. Everything else, I'm a reserved comment, and I'm going to do exactly what you said. I'm going to look up say, oh, okay, if somebody's already answered what it is, it's a green sunfish. I'll just go, you know, point and arrow to that post. That's it, knocking, you know. But, yeah, read the comments above. All right, that's all I'm going to say about it, I guess. Unless you take me there. Well, when we come back, we can talk more about uh, this. Kind of ties in with uh, <laughs> okay. uh, the, the guy social getting, media. Yeah, guy getting gored by because of a selfie. I yeah. Like All right, time for a break. Tony Sanders Outdoors. We'll be right back. If you want to be part of the show, give us a call two six seven one zero two three two six seven one zero two three. Are you a it's... member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. All right, before we do our calendar, as we're wrapping up this hour, you have some idiots outside. Yeah, we've got two of them. We've got... Uh, we're not going to... We're going to do that one. This one? Yep. Okay. Uh, the headline reads, American Pride. 
man gets gored during running of the bulls over a selfie. I need to start a new category. We told you this. You didn't listen to us category. Something along those lines. Like, why am I having to say this again category? Okay. Uh, Jamie Alvarez was gored during this year's running of the bulls in Pamplona, Spain. His excitement turned quickly into scare because doctors told him the horn went deep into his neck and fractured part of his cheekbone. That it didn't hit the jugular or major arteries was described as beyond miraculous. He had outrun the bulls, gotten to the bullpen at the end, and was ahead of the bulls and says, hey, I think I'll take a selfie to document that I'm here. When one of those 1,500-pound bulls decided, "Mm -mm, I'm going to take you out. And basically, that's what happened. So I'm going to say this. If there's a wild animal, don't take a selfie with a wild animal, especially a charging bull. And I looked up the actual species of bull, if you actually care. It is a Toro Bravo. They are known for their aggression, energy, strength, and stamina. So why don't I stand in front of a herd of these big animals with large horns and take a selfie? Did you ever hear the song Selfie when it came out? Yes. we well, First, we, let me take a selfie. Yeah, that, we played that one time when I did a bear story, and we had to tell people don't take selfies with bears in the background because somebody got mauled. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm assuming this is one of those other times you could probably play that song and it'd be very relevant. Yeah. So. <sighs> Definitely. All right. Calendar coming up. Calendar coming up. We have today is going to be the Kids Day out at... Sports is Warehouse from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. They're going to have all kinds of stuff like the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation Safe BB Gun Range, Ducks Unlimited Kids Call Booth, SCI Wheeler, Wheeler, Wheel, yeah, yes. yeah, Trailer, Wildlife, Wildlife SCI, on Wheels, Wildlife on Wheels, Casting Competition, Archery Range, Cornhole, and a lot more. They're going to have free hot dogs and drinks while they last out there. That's coming up today from 10 to 3 out at Sportsman's Warehouse. I'll be taking Hunter out there. Oh, good. We'll be having fun. Then on the 20th is the Friends of the NRA Banquet at the Weston starting at 5.30 p.m. If you need tickets, give Tony a call. And then on September 5th is the Medal of Honor Heritage Center Sporting Clays event. You need to be putting your team together. It's going to be out at uh, Benton Sporting Clays. That's going to be a great event. And then mark the date on the 27th, the Quail Forever chapter here in Chattanooga will be having a banquet, the time and date to follow. The 28th. 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 Okay. Uh, it will be at Highland Sportsman Club. Okay. Now now I know where it is. And that will be on uh, starting at 5 o'clock, just like normal. So there you go. Now I have that information. Thank you, sir. You're more than welcome. 5 p.m. Yeah, 5.30, whatever. Five, get, five, there, get there when you wish. 5.30 p.m. All right, it has been entered. It Good. is now so. Yeah, hey, and, and I did talk to Carl. And uh, rain or shine, uh, they have got uh, plans to move it indoors if they need to. Uh, if not, it'll be outdoors. We'll see. But either way, it's going to be fine. They got 90,000 square feet there at 153 Inlay Highway. They got plenty of room to put a few kids. You think they'll let me partake in the casting competition? No. Okay. I do not. Because I think I could. I think I could win that honestly. 
You think you could take an eight-year-old? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Hunter might be able to cast you. Mm, maybe. I would. I bet with regular casting equipment, he could. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> Kidding a stroller could outcast me there. <laughs> this is true. Even our producer, as young as he is, could do it. Probably. He shouldn't have ever told us, should he? No. All right. We'll see you back in just a few minutes. Tony Sanders outdoors. Everywhere you look was a sweet December. Big around as a Florida lemon was a white tail grocery store all over. Don't stop that podcast now. That's only one half of the show. We'll be right back with the second half of Tony Sanders Outdoors. Tighten your life vest, strap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Welcome back. Hour number two, Tony Sanders Outdoors. Hang with you this Saturday morning. I got a question for you, Robert. Yes, sir. Barry is about to become a hurricane and about to hit New Orleans. Mm-hmm. How ready are they for this? How long has it been since Katrina? 12 years? Yeah. I think 10? More? Uh, no. That'd be 2003 or 4. Yeah. I, oh, that would I, be. I will 10, find out. Well, that'd be 16 years. Duh. Okay. You'll see here. Uh, 2005. Okay. So it's 14 years. Yeah. All right. So are they ready? Think they're ready? I don't think so. They've got the, uh, they've done some infrastructure. Bourbon Street was flooded the other day. Yeah. Not from the hurricane. Yeah. Or a tropical storm <laughs> from the rain. Yeah, I got asked a question yesterday that I didn't. I had to look up. My wife asked me. They were showing. She was watching the Weather Channel and was showing the waves on uh, Lake Pontchartrain and the wave action. She said, "Is Pontchartrain fresh or salt?" And I said, "Well, I always thought it was brackish to begin with." Right. And I said, "But it's probably going to have an influx of a lot of salt water." I said, "I'm sure it changes," but I said, "Normally it's pretty brackish, but." I had to look that one up. But as far as their – I think they've got a plan in place this time. I think there was another one that, that got close down there, and they I think they learned their lesson from Katrina, or at least I hope they learned their lesson from Katrina. Okay. Because the, the emergency response was not good, and the warnings weren't heeded during that one. And I think a lot of people have learned that this is serious business. So hopefully – Hopefully the pumping systems and the new infrastructure and the walls will and the levees will help mitigate any problems they have. Well, you definitely got to uh, with uh, with with the water and stuff. Uh, it's, it's an interesting challenge to live on the coast. There's no doubt. Yeah, uh, but no, I mean that's you know one of the things. If you know, I was complaining to uh, well, I was complaining to my good friend Rob Jeeves. Uh, texted him this week. It, I said, man, is it hot? He said, how hot is it? And I, it was like 92 with a heat index of like 101 or something right. like that. And he says, good golly. It's all, you know, he sent me a picture of the a screenshot of the weather up in Youngstown, New York. 71, low of 50. He says, yeah, this is pretty much our summer. I was like, oh, man. 
Well, you can move up there. Well, and then I said, well, yeah, on the on the he's. I said on the other side, I don't I don't have to pay to get show snow shoveled. I don't have to worry about driving in the snow. He says, yeah, that's kind of a downfall. So I mean, if you live up north, you get nice summers, but you also get feet worth of snow. If you live on the coast, you're gonna get hurricanes. I mean, it's just a given. You live in Tennessee, it's gonna be hot. In the fall, it's gonna be hot. In the winter, it's gonna be cold, wet, and rainy. Or hot. It depends. Fair enough. So I hope I, I sincerely hope they are prepared down there. But Yeah, I do too. I just don't expect they are. I I don't know. Hope they were talking about buses to evacuate and I hope they take advantage of that this time if they decide to evacuate certain areas. So Yep. All right. Uh there was an interesting story, and and I have I'm not in always in a, been in agreement with a lot of my friends on this issue. Okay. And I think it you if you have the a permit to carry, but of course in this case we don't know that that was the case. I think you need to be able to prove you can shoot. I always have felt that way. I agree. Well, this Virginia man, of course, now he just moved there, so it's not a permit to carry thing. Guy came into his house, right? Girl. Naked woman, actually. Naked woman. I just woke up our producer. <laughs> his eyes got big when he said that. Of course, he is 19. So. Yeah. 18. He's almost almost 19. You mentioned naked woman. And he's, huh? He's, what? <laughs> huh? What? Naked woman? Anyway, so a naked woman broke into their home, and he fired... 39 warning shots. Correct. Now, he might have been distracted by her nakedness. Possibly. Um, she had blue hair and a ponytail. And she said, I am the devil. Unquote. So, so here's my question. Uh, were you going to ask questions? I was going to ask if she was a larger woman. No, I think you should think of a Victoria's Secrets model. Well, I'm not picturing it in my head. I'm just wondering how you don't hit 39 shots. Well, they were warning shots. They were warning shots. Yeah, it's a point-and-click adventure. I don't know how you... Why, why would you shoot 39 times into your house? Well, first no of all, let me, ask, let, me, let me ask the the burning question here. You're at home one evening, Tony. Okay. You're sitting in your comfy chair. My dog, Gunner. Gunner, ears perk up, and somebody comes running through your front door naked with blue hair. How many warning shots are you going to fire? None. I didn't think so, nor would I. No warning shots will be fired because ammunition is too expensive. I'm going to shoot the person and aim at them, not a warning shot. If. And I tried to emphasize this with my kids as they became old enough to carry guns and stuff. If it is to the point where you need to pull a firearm out of a holster, you should be intending to shoot. Period. Not warn. Shoot. Because there was a there was a great video, and we'll get back to this story in a second. There was a great video um, that somebody posted, kind of this. It was it was actually a police officer, um, or, or a, it was actually a police situation, 
Uh, and the guy was, and, and I, asked, I actually asked the police officer this, they're taught that if they're within 30 feet, that's as close as you can let them go without taking decisive action. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a situation where this guy was carrying a knife, and he was a good 45, 50 feet away from a police officer. He kept coming forward. They kept giving him warnings because, folks, police officers don't want to shoot people. They really don't. Uh, they just want to protect people, and this is a bad situation. So the guy gets within about 25 or 30 feet and then takes off after the cop. And before the cop could do anything, he was on top of him. Mm-hmm. You can cover about 20 feet in just a couple of seconds. So it was a it was a really bad situation, but it kind of proved the fact that once they get on top of you or once they get within that 30 feet, you don't have time to react. Uh, you cannot get your gun out of the holster quick enough because their gun was still in the holster. They had, um, they were, they had, there were different things. There were tasers and different things at this point because they were trying again not to do anything to, to harm this guy. Uh, and he was on top of the guy trying to get his gun before you knew what was happening. It was that quick. Yep. Uh, you know, I remember asking the, the, my guide in Colorado, when do I shoot a bear? As soon as you see it, because you cannot get your gun out of your holster quick enough. Exactly. So that was a situation. Uh, I have no idea why somebody would shoot 39 times. That just makes no sense. I'm trying to figure. uh, My first thought was, well, he must be a bad shot. And my second thought was, how many times did he reload? (laughs) Good question. I didn't even think about that. I mean, if it's a pistol... Let's say it's a let's say it's a high capacity pistol. You got fifteen. It'd have to be at least twice. It, yeah. At, at best, more than likely, it's not. More than I mean. Yeah, statistically, yeah. I mean, wow. I didn't even think about that. Um, well, that's where my mind went from logistics. So I don't understand. Um, I don't. I don't understand. If he felt it was important enough to shoot 39 times, even if I decide to shoot a warning shot, you're getting one. You get and, one. And, and That's your freebie. There, there's, there's no promise that you're going to get that one. Right. It's just, it's just not. Because if I'm to the point where I feel like I need to pull a firearm, I am intending to shoot. Mm-hmm. And I'll deal with the consequences. Exactly. Hey, Beaver Man. Good morning, gentlemen. I, I too have some questions about this uh, this incident. Um, so, let's say it was a maybe like a Glock pistol, nine millimeter that has okay. a um, even a, like a seventeen round capacity in the magazine. Correct. That's dropping brass and dropping mags and re reloading with at least three different magazines. Exactly. Or if it's, say, a, uh, one of those evil black rifles that, uh, that scare people, yeah. that's two 20-round magazines. Where, what is his backstop that he is aiming at, and where are these projectiles going? His house. <laughs> Into yeah, the, his own house. The picture showed a wall that literally looked like Swiss cheese. 
question. Now, here's my question. Here's my other question. There, there's so many accidental shootings. How could this guy not accidentally hit her? Yeah. <laughs> Statistically, out of 39 shots, you think you would have gotten close on a few of them. And, yeah, that's um, that, that's an interesting scenario. And so then the, the, the naked woman with purple hair, she <clears throat> just walked away after this or was no. detained later by authorities? Or I mean, what's, we, we need some more information no, to it, a, process the a, whole thing. A brawl broke out between the woman and the family, including the son. So apparently they had gone through their entire arsenal of ammunition, and the fight ended when the 12-year-old shoved a wrench into the intruder's neck. So uh, it was an assault wrench. (laughs) Was it a one one of those? Was it a metric or British (laughs) standard? That's exactly what I was thinking. I didn't know. I didn't know how to answer that. That's exactly what I was thinking. Can you see? Because take, I mean, the, the, that I don't know. I don't know what the carry laws are in the state of the, the Dominion state, but um, in Virginia, you know, perhaps there's, uh, you know, uh, maybe a, a waiting period necessary for any metric tools used in an assault. I don't know. I don't know. I just I can't imagine. I can't imagine standing there for thirty nine shots. <laughs> And then, well, and, and then, how could he hear anything if he's inside? You and can't. He's popping off rounds like that. How, how do you even hear anything after that? I don't. I mean, if he, especially if he's shooting an AR. Good lord, they're loud. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, there's. Um, I think perhaps some uh, some you know, retraining uh, would be, or maybe re-education in general would be appropriate for that. All those individuals involved. Uh, maybe the twelve-year-old sounds like he's the one that. He's his act together better than anyone. Well, unfortunately, again, we have, you know, most of the story or half the story. We don't have it all. So, But that's uh, that was what happened. Hey, I do have one question, and I okay. will answer, ask this question with one less than snarky comment, and then I will hang up and listen to your okay. response. The uh, Facebook post I saw the other day about Ed Carter going to the um, – I guess the federal government look uh, to encourage the government to seek out a different uh, path to finance. Uh, I guess it's it's for public hunting areas, public land access. Yeah, it's it's all of that in in conservation and um, it, it's more about the conservation efforts. the The bottom line yes. the bottom line is Carter. We have a broken funding mechanism in the wildlife areas. Uh, it's right. not just Tennessee, which is completely funded by the the hunter and fisherman. It's 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 all across the country. There's a broken well, sure. system, and especially in states where the antis have correct, you know, uh, pushed out the the people who may have wanted to learn to hunt or or correct. you know experience that, and they're like, well, gee, I don't want to. You know, Mr. And Mrs. Um, Ronkowski next door to think that I'm a bad person. So. Right, no, I agree. Um, here's my my comment: Is what about seeking funding from those outdoor participants who are not necessarily sports people, um, aka the backpack tax, uh, similar to the federal tax, which was started in what 1928? Right. Uh, by 
hunters and fishermen specifically to fund the purchase of land, public ex- publicly accessed sure. land. Sure. I'm just curious if the lady that hosts the show after you would uh, be interested in pursuing that. I mean, you know, every time somebody sells a kayak or, you know, a pair of hiking boots or yep. a tent, you know, should there not be a similar tax levy we tried to fund this? We tried a few years ago, uh, Beaverman, to get... Um, we didn't want the tax of our we just wanted to increase give us a give us a percentage of the increase as as more and more people go outdoors uh and and they don't uh one of the things that i'm working on as a commissioner is if you step foot on our uh wildlife management areas i want you to pay period sure now, i mean put a uh, a, t- a sticker on your mountain bike I, yeah you know, they cost you 20 bucks uh, it, um, and well, I can, I, I, they tell me I can, we, I, I, we can require anybody that goes on the, on a wildlife management area to have a wildlife management permit period, not just yeah. hunting, just strolling through it. So there, there is, there's a lot of that going on and there's a, everybody's finally realized that we're, we're late to the game and, and we cannot, um, we can no longer ignore this. Right. Very good. Okay. Well, right. listen, I, I appreciate your comment. And, yes, sir. And uh, just want to say, you know, I, I cannot wait for college football season. I think we're a mere 46 days away or something. <laughs> All right. And that's because it gets two-thirds of the idiots off the river. There you go. And back in front of their TV sets. There you they go. Won. All right. Thank you, man. Well, thank you, gentlemen. See ya. See you, buddy. All right. Time to go pay a bill. Tony Sanders Outdoors. We'll be right back. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423 423- Two eight zero three six seven seven. Welcome back, Tony Sanders Outdoors. You know Dave Ramsey wouldn't approve. I mean, I've gone in hawk for hunting equipment and fishing equipment and boats. <laughs> Dave Ramsey wouldn't. Well, approve. I can see that. I mean, you know, that's a justifiable uh, business expense. Business expense. Yes. Business expense. Yeah. All right. Um, how about? A sad story. Okay. Wild outdoors. Wild outdoors. Going to the wild outdoors. This is a sad story. Yes, this is truly sad, and uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but on July 2nd, flames engulfed Jim Beam Bourbon Warehouse in Woodford, Kentucky. The following unfortunate event, tens of thousands of fish have turned up dead in the Kentucky River. According to the Kentucky uh, Energy... Alcohol poisoning? Uh, No, they're just sleeping. They're sleeping it off. Uh, a 23-mile-long plume of alcohol, specifically bourbon, had been creeping down the river and spilling out because of the fire, which caused major issues with the water levels. Uh, Kentucky Wildlife has been posting a lot of information, but they don't see any long-term impacts, although 
losing a lot of fish out of a specific area can take a toll on the ecosystem, but uh, I don't think the fish are dead. I just think they're hung over. I mean, that's what I say. And I, I mean, I like a little bit of water in my bourbon too, but that's, this, the, only, that's the only way I drink it. Oh yeah. This happened actually when I was in school up there, but it, it was a uh, wild Turkey. Uh, they're, they're, uh, one of their warehouses caught on fire and all the bourbon and water runoff went into the river. So this is, this happens every few years. So, Oh God, the environmentalists are going to come now. Mm. Of course it takes water to produce bourbon. Correct. So they have to be near a water source. Correct. And the Kentucky river is a great source of water. Imagine going swimming and then getting out. And the officer <laughs> asking if you've been drinking. You say, no, sir, just swimming. Have you been drinking? Nope, just waiting around looking for fish, officer. Why are you asking? What have you heard? That is sad, though. Yeah. How much did they lose? 23-mile-long alcohol plume. Yeah. That's pretty. That's, that's, that's a lot of bourbon. That's, a lot. That, that, that's, that's alcohol abuse right there. That is a tragedy. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. Imagine being old enough to drink. Ha. Funny. Yeah. We can we can imagine it. Yeah, we can. can. So anyway. Anyway, that's half die of alcohol poisoning. Yeah. I wonder I wonder if you cook them if they'd like spontaneously ignite in the pan, you know, like flambe. You know, when you pour the alcohol on and make the big fire. If you, I know what flambe okay, is. Okay, I'm just asking. Didn't know you were such a chef. Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> we talk about food every every week. Yeah, but I I have never seen you order anything flambe. Okay. All right. I'm just saying. Just... Within the last uh, last week, I think it was within the first segment, we were talking about food. Correct. Oh yeah, we were on to food with, at like five oh five. Yeah, eight minutes in or something like that. Oh yeah, we were already on to food. Just out oh, of yeah. curiosity, how many flambe dishes have you seen at? Uh, at Lily Mays. <laughs> Intentional or otherwise? <laughs> Just checking. Yeah. I'd like flambe hash browns and some of that bourbon fish. Ooh, bourbon glazed fish. There you go. Hey, there, there's a money-making opportunity right there. Just go down, scoop them up. Bourbon, already, bourbon glazed fish. Already glazed. Yep. Uh, now, Carter's wanting... Um, you know, football season to get here. Yeah, I'm on hunting season to get here because I'm struggling with this summer stuff. Yeah, it. Yeah, it. This is for those who don't f- listen to us frequently. There are doldrums, <laughs> and <laughs> if, we are. If you do listen frequently, you've quit listening now. Yeah, there are doldrums, and summer is a doldrum. There's just not a lot going on. Everybody's July. July is one of the worst months for news, and I mean, I try and find as much as I can because we're still there's still turkey hunting in May. Right. We're not hunting in June and July. No. August, hunting season starts. Again. That's when everybody says, you know, you get all the articles, how to prep for the dove fields, you know, the new new shotguns for the dove field, and then from there you're already on the archery season and then into deer season and waterfowl season. So. All right. So when we come back in the last segment, we got a couple things to talk about. Alabama is planning on hunting Sandfield Cranes. They're joining the rest of the southern states that do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just had Operation Dry Water. Um, the uh, the morning crew really butchered that one quite a bit. I did not hear that one. I, yeah, 
I ended up calling them. Okay. So we'll talk about Operation Dry Water because it was a, it was a, it's really kind of a huge success when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Only one death in the state. Pretty amazing. All right, we'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Attention landscapers and lawn care specialists. Your customers want a green, healthy lawn, right? Are the products you're using getting the job done? Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland specializes in customized fertilizer blends that will have your customers' lawns looking like a golf course fairway. The pros at Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland are the experts in lawn care. So when you choose Beatty Fertilizer products, your customers and your competition will take notice. Guaranteed. Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491. 472-5491 or online at BeattyFertilizer.com. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors hanging with you this Saturday morning. All right, where are we headed? Where do you want to go? Did this say pram or did you say pram? I said pram. Why would you say pram? Because that's what I thought the things were called. The the, the ones that like from, uh, uh, it, w- it looked like the one from Mary Poppins, the old prams. Never in my life have I heard it been called a pram. Okay. I, I am familiar with what you're talking about from Mary Poppins, though. I, I, but never in my young 18, almost 19 year life have I experienced a pram. Okay. These are, these are called words that are archaic and can be used in other forms. So you need to, in your 18 years, you also need to expand your vocabulary. A pram, mm-hmm. a four wheeled carriage for a baby pushed by a per- person on foot. Right. This was a four wheeled one, like the Mary Poppins. Well, con- congratulations. You are correct according to the Google. I could have told Google I was correct. Thank you. But thank you for fact checking me. I'm glad we've got a good producer ch- fact checking me back there. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I was looking, you were, you were talking about the. Um, Compass auction coming up, the mm-hmm. restaurant equipment. Yeah. This and this is the point that I want people to understand about Compass. All right. Are you going in the restaurant business? I'm not, but. Okay. But, comma, they have at least a half a dozen uh, six to eight foot stainless steel uh, tables. Prep, prep, prep tables? Prep tables. Yeah. Would that not be perfect for fishing, whatever. For like a cleaning station? Yeah. Or even for deer, yeah. And plumb it, put a sink in it? Yeah. No. Oh, wait a minute. You don't have to. They got one of those. Oh. You see, and that's, unfortunately, I have found compass auction, (laughs) and and my wallet has too. But you did sell some stuff, and you said it was very easy. Like like here's a six-foot stainless steel table. With a with drain in it. It's perfect. That'd be a great fish cleaning station. Exactly. That's the point. It, you, so anyway, I'm telling you, check it out. What You know, my club is looking for a refrigerator or a couple of refrigerators. Here's a 
gas grills, like stainless steel gas grills. Nice. So anyway, there you go. Not to bring the pram back up, but the caller who just called in, uh, they wanted to let us know that it's used in England. And that's so, I mean, that's why us Americanos are not familiar with um, the word pram. But there you go. England. Now we all know. That would be the educational portion of our show, using archaic words that I thought was correct. I don't have children. I don't, I've never bought a pram or a child carrier thing, movable, wheeled one. How about a rolling cutting board? Ooh, I like that. That'd be good for taking apart some stuff. Exactly. I'm trying to get us off this pram stuff. All right. You want to go? Speaking of, that table would look it would be really good for uh, taking uh, animals and butchering them, especially sandhill cranes. Yes. Sorry. Here's a six foot cutting board. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm trying to get us. I'm trying to go to the story we've been teasing for. Like I'm, I'm betting on this. All right. All right. All right. Following the footsteps of Kentucky and Tennessee, Alabama will be the third state east of the Mississippi River to allow hunting of sandhill cranes. Uh, Alabama will distribute 1,200 tags to 400 hunters, that's three tags per hunter, via a drawing. However, however, the drawing will only be open to Alabama residents. Non-residents will not be allowed to participate initially. That's discriminatory. It is, for those of us born in the United States. Um just throwing that out there. The season will begin December 3rd and will remain open until January 31st, 2020. So, anyway, that's uh, they're going to have the tags for residents only. And let's see here. If you need more information about that, you can check out the Alabama DNR on that. So, I'm glad to see them opening up the season as well. Um. I wonder where you're going to hunt those. You know, I bet Crow Creek would be a great place. Hmm. You know, right there, just not far down the Alabama line. Yeah. Across the Alabama line. It says residents uh, from anywhere in Alabama could apply for the hunting, but will only be allowed in the northern portion of the state between Georgia and the Mississippi border, north of Interstate 20 and Interstate 22. 20 runs Birmingham. Okay. So it's basically Birmingham, Birmingham north. north. Which would make sense because Crow Creek is, um, you know, not that far, I don't know, 30, 40 miles into Alabama. Okay. It's a big, it's actually a big waterfowl area. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I d- I've never been down hunting in Alabama, so I don't know. Really? And I've never been to Crow Creek that I'm aware of. Or Black Creek. Black, I've never been in there either. I've been to Birmingham a couple times. I don't times. remember what it's called. It's one of the creeks. All right. I think it is Crow Creek. I may be wrong. We'll find out. If I'm wrong, somebody will call and tell me that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Somebody will call and, you know, the phones will light up. He's wrong. He's an idiot. <laughs> Doesn't know where he's at. I know how to find it. Yeah. <laughs> Use the Google. The Google. <laughs> so. So Alabama's opening up theirs. Uh, let's see here. I want to go to Texas and hunt them. Because uh, I can't get drawn in Tennessee. <laughs> you have been drawn. You just didn't get drawn one time. I know, and it was painful. I know. I've been hearing about it since the last time, which was last year, so I've been listening to it all year long. And your point? 
I got my crane, so I'm I'm cool with it. Just saying, just throwing that out there. Uh, do we need to? We need to talk about this and set the record straight. Um, okay. You got about two minutes. All right. The TWRA uh, reported that one boating-related fatality and nine boating-under-the-influence arrests were made over a four-day span, which included July 4th on their annual Operation Drywater. The death occurred on July 4th on Normandy Lake in Coffee County. According to witnesses, a 61-year-old man from Huntsville, Alabama, jumped off the back of a ski boat and swam away from it, and he went under, he was unsuccessful, and rescue was called. TW received the call shortly after noon, and his body re was recovered that evening. Uh, there were, n I'm sorry, there were nine boating on the influence arrests, so I'm glad to see TWA was out there. Four of the boating arrests came in Region uh, 4, East Tennessee. Two arrests were made in Region 1, West Tennessee. And uh, let's see here. One arrest in Region 3, and there were also citations issued for reckless operations. So that would in mean region two three. in Region 2. Two, yeah. Okay. Just so, I'm, so yep. you know I'm keeping up. Yeah. Uh, they inspected more than 7,300 boats. Officers issued 220 citations and 109 warnings. Well, one of the things that they brought up on the morning press was, um, you know, how do they check 7,300 boats? And one of the differences between us and, and local police officers, we have the right to inspect your boat for safety oh, yeah. equipment. Uh, one of the things I explained is that we actually have a, um, uh, they have, since 2012, they have their own uh, field sobriety test that they actually do on boats. Oh, okay. So there used to be we would take you to the water and uh, you would have, I mean, to the land and you would have to do this stuff there. Now we can actually do them on the boat. Uh, it's as valid. It was developed by the same group in California that developed the field sobriety test. So it's statistically as, as valid as, as a field sobriety test. Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, but the biggest thing is what we're hearing from our officers is people are using a designated boater. That's great. Yeah. There, we're still seeing the people drinking and having a good time and all that stuff, uh, but we are using, they are using designated boaters. One thing I did find out interesting in talking to one of our officers, uh, actually Matt Majors, mm -hmm. uh, they have the right to end your day afloat. If everybody on the boat, even if, let's say you're, you're anchored and everybody is drunk, uh, they can actually end your day. They can tow you to the land tie you up, and make you stay there until somebody comes and gets you. That's a great idea. I, I, I agree. I agree. So, All right. Final break. We'll be back in just a moment. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Attention landscapers and lawn care specialists. Your customers want a green, healthy lawn, right? Are the products you're using getting the job done? Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland specializes in customized fertilizer blends that will have your customers' lawns looking like a golf course fairway. The pros at Beatty Fertilizer in Cleveland are the experts in lawn care. So when you choose Beatty Fertilizer products, your customers and your competition will take notice. Guaranteed. Beatty Fertilizer, 472-5491. 472-5491 or online at BeattyFertilizer.com. Sportsman's Warehouse is a perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. 
No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a 1,000 guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors, Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Like a good neighbor is not just a saying, it exactly describes my friend Rodney Allen. For nearly 20 years, my family has relied on Rodney for all of our insurance needs. He's been there when my kids were learning to drive, when my wife had been hit by a few deer, and when I needed life insurance to protect my family, as well as when my grandson was born. As you can see, he's not just our agent, he's part of our life. Rodney Allen, 423-847-3881. Like a good friend, Rodney will be there for your family too. 423-847-3881. Welcome back. Wrapping it up this Saturday morning. Don't forget, Sportsman's Warehouse today, 10 a.m. Bring the Utes. And you're going, they're going to have a good time having a, things to do. Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation Safe Action BB Gun Range. DU Kids Duck Call Booth. That ought to drive all the mamas crazy. Uh-huh. SCI Wildlife on Wheels Casting Competition. We'll have to keep Rob. We'll make Rob judge that. Kids, archery range, cornhole, much more, hot dogs, cokes, you name it, feed the kids, all of it for the whopping price of free. Free? Free. No money. Cost you nothing. Hmm. My kids will say, nothing is free, Dad. That's true. Somebody's paying for it, but it ain't you. How's that? Also, July 20th, Friends of the NRA coming up at the Weston Hotel, downtown Chattanooga. Doors open at 5 o'clock. We would love to have you there. We have tickets remaining, which is kind of rare for a week out. We've got a few tickets remaining. Uh, If you're interested, you can reach out to me at uh, 423-567-4801, or you can go to friendsofnra.org friendsofnra.org and you can just click it and buy your tickets right there on the website. It's that simple. Uh, Medal of Honor Heritage Shoot is coming up on the 5th of September. This is at the Benton Sporting Clays. All right. Medal of Honor Heritage Center Sporting Clays event coming up on the 5th of September. Quail Forever Banquet is getting started back up. Uh, Quail Forever is being started here in Chattanooga again. We're, we're trying it again. September 28th at Highland Sportsman Club in Hickson will be our first banquet. You do not want to miss it. First time out, it's going to be a lot of fun. Doors open at 530 for that as well. Anything else you can think of? And the date of today, Sportsman's Warehouse thing is rain or shine. Rain or shine, they have provisions for both. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is that I will admit I'm not that good with a gun, 
I'm be- I'm better with a rod and reel than I am with a gun. But I'll tell you what. I don't want to hear any anybody saying I'm a bad shot. I have never fired 39 shots and hit nothing. So just FYI on that. Wear your life jackets if you're out this weekend too. Just throwing those two things out there. Well, I'm glad you did. Anything else you can think of to just throw out there? Uh, and if somebody with blue hair naked in your house, they're not there good for good reason. No. So be sure and keep a wrench handy. And, and, and Maybe we could introduce her to Taylor. I mean, she seems like a nice All right. Tony Sanders Outdoors, I'll see you next week. If you need any outdoor supplies, there's only one place to go, Sportsman's Warehouse. They have all the equipment you need, as well as a friendly, knowledgeable staff to assist you. If you want a firearm, then check out the thousands of guns they have on the shelf. If you don't see one you want, go to sportsmanswarehouse.com. Choose from over 6,700 models they have, and they will ship it directly to the store. Everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. You have been listening to the podcast of the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Please subscribe to our service to get updated shows weekly throughout the year. Like us on all the social medias to keep up with what's going on on Tony Sanders Outdoors.